Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about brain tumours. And you can find written notes on this topic at zerotofinals.com slash brain tumours or in the neurology section of the second edition of the Zero to Finals medicine book. And you can find flashcards and questions to train your knowledge on this content and help you remember the information for longer at members.zerotofinals.com. So let's get straight into it. Brain tumours range from benign, for example meningiomas, to highly malignant, for example glioblastomas. Let's start with the presentation. Brain tumours may be asymptomatic with no symptoms, particularly when they're small. As they grow, they present with progressive focal neurological symptoms, meaning signs and symptoms of the nervous system in specific areas, depending on the location of the lesion. Brain tumours often present with signs and symptoms of raised intracranial pressure, high pressure within the skull, and this is also called intracranial hypertension. A growing tumour takes up space within the skull, leaving less space for the other contents such as the cerebrospinal fluid, and this causes a rise in pressure within the skull. A Tom tip for you, a common exam scenario is an unusual change in personality or behaviour, which indicates a frontal lobe tumour. The frontal lobe of the brain is responsible for personality and higher level decision making, so a tumour in this area affects personality and behaviour. Let's talk in more detail about intracranial hypertension. The causes of raised pressure in the intracranial space include brain tumours, intracranial hemorrhage or bleeding, idiopathic intracranial hypertension and abscesses or infection. In patients presenting with headaches, the concerning features that may indicate intracranial hypertension include a constant headache, a nocturnal headache occurring at night time, a headache that's worse on waking up, a headache that's worse on coughing, straining or bending forward, vomiting and papilledema on fundoscopy, which we'll talk about in more detail shortly. Other presenting features of intracranial hypertension may include an altered mental state or confusion, visual field defects with an absence of vision in certain areas of the visual field, seizures, particularly partial seizures, unilateral ptosis with drooping of the upper eyelid, and third and sixth cranial nerve palsies affecting the eye movements. Let's talk in more detail about papilledema. Papilledema is a crucial fundoscopy finding in patients with raised intracranial pressure. Papilledema describes swelling of the optic disc at the back of the eye, secondary to raised intracranial pressure. Papil refers to a small rounded raised area, the optic disc, and edema refers to the swelling. The sheath around the optic nerve at the back of the eye is connected with the subarachnoid space. Raised pressure in the cerebrospinal fluid, or CSF, flows into the optic nerve sheath, increasing the pressure around the nerve behind the optic disc, 
causing the optic disc to bulge forward. And this is papilledema. When compared to a normal optic disc, papilledema can be seen on fundoscopy as blurring of the optic disc margin, an elevated optic disc, and a tip is to look at the way the retinal vessels flow across the optic disc to show whether it's elevated or flat, a loss of the venous pulsation in gorged retinal veins, hemorrhages around the optic disc, and Peyton's lines, which are creases or folds in the retina around the optic disc as it bulges forward. A tom tip, when you're looking for the optic disc's elevation, look at how the retinal vessels cross the disc. Vessels travel in a straight line across a flat surface, whereas they'll curve over a raised disc. Next, let's talk about gliomas. Gliomas are tumours of the glial cells in the brain or the spinal cord. Glial cells surround and support the neurons. Glial cells include astrocytes, oligodendrocytes and ependymal cells. Gliomas are graded from 1 to 4. Grade 1 is the most benign, possibly curable with surgery, and grade 4 is the most malignant, for example glioblastoma multiforme. The three main types of glioma, roughly from the most to the least malignant, are astrocytomas, the most common and aggressive form is glioblastoma, oligodendrogliomas and ependymomas. Next let's talk about meningiomas. Meningiomas are tumours growing from the cells of the meninges. The meninges are the membranes that cover the brain and the spinal cord. Meningiomas are usually benign, however they take up space and this mass effect can lead to raised intracranial pressure and neurological symptoms. Next let's talk about secondary metastases. The cancers that most often spread to the brain are lung, breast, renal cell carcinoma and melanoma on the skin. Next let's talk about pituitary tumours. Pituitary tumours tend to be benign. If they grow large enough, they can press on the optic chiasm and cause a visual field defect called bitemporal hemianopia with a loss of the outer half of the visual fields in both eyes. Pituitary tumours can cause hormone deficiencies, which is called hypopituitarism, or they can release excessive hormones leading to acromegaly which is excessive growth hormone, hyperprolactinemia, which is excessive prolactin, Cushing's disease due to excessive ACTH and cortisol, and thyrotoxicosis, which is excessive thyroid hormones due to excessive release of thyroid-stimulating hormone by the pituitary. Pituitary tumours may be managed with transsphenoidal surgery which is through the nose and the sphenoid bone, radiotherapy and hormone blocking treatments depending on the excessive hormone, for example bromocryptine used to block excessive prolactin. Next let's talk about acoustic neuromas. Acoustic neuromas are benign tumours of the swan cells that surround the auditory nerve, the vestibulocochlear nerve that innervates the inner ear. 
Swan cells provide the myelin sheath around neurons in the peripheral nervous system. Acoustic neuromas are also called vestibular swanomas. Acoustic neuromas occur at the cerebellopontine angle and they're sometimes called cerebellopontine angle tumours. They're usually unilateral and bilateral acoustic neuromas are associated with neurofibromatosis type 2. If you see a patient with bilateral acoustic neuromas in your exams, they most likely have neurofibromatosis type 2. The typical patient with an acoustic neuroma is a 40 to 60 year old presenting with a gradual onset of unilateral sensory neural hearing loss, which is often the first symptom, unilateral tinnitus, dizziness or imbalance, a sensation of fullness in the affected ear, and a facial nerve palsy if the tumour grows large enough to compress the facial nerve. Management options for acoustic neuromas include conservative management with monitoring if there's no symptoms or treatment is inappropriate, surgery to remove the tumour, which may be a partial or total removal, or radiotherapy to reduce the growth of the tumour. Finally, let's talk about management in general of brain tumours. MRI scanning is the first-line investigation in patients with a possible brain tumour. A biopsy gives the definitive histological diagnosis to tell you which type of tumour it is, and this is usually obtained during surgery to remove the tumour. The management of brain tumours depends on the type and the grade guided by the multidisciplinary team. The main options are surgery and craniotomy refers to removal of part of the skull to access the brain and remove the tumour. Chemotherapy, radiotherapy and palliative care. So thanks for listening to this episode on brain tumours. As always a big thank you to Harry for perfectly editing the podcast and I hope you join us for the next episode where we'll talk about Huntington's disease.